0: From the first bad boy events, we made an oath and a pact that we had never let none of this stuff intertwine our brotherhood. Our mothers, rest in peace to Sheik's moms. Our moms know each other. Our moms go out for dinner and drink wine and pray together. And we about to go on family vacation. Looch family, my family, P. We real brothers. If we never made a record today and Styles needed 100,000 or whatever he needed, he could call me and get in. It won't be on Twitter or TMZ or, and that's just how it is.
1: This is Nas. You're now listening to The Bridge, 50 years of hip-hop.
2: What up, everyone? This is Minya O, a.k.a. Miss Info. There are not that many MCs these days who are universal candidates for hip hop's top five dead or alive title. Jada Kiss, however, is an MC that is built from a special claw. On this episode, Jada took us on a trip down memory lane and told us how he, Styles P, and Sheik Looch formed the locks, how they survived the shiny suit era, and how D Block remains unified in a way that others should emulate.
1: They say if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. That's especially true of New York rappers. You can't half-step with your skill. You have to battle your way to the top. There is no easy way out. Somebody who exemplifies the essence of a true New York artist is none other than Jada Kiss. I remember how hungry he sounded on a remix of my record, Made You Look. His whole style is just sharp, focused, raspy. And he's someone that a lot of young artists can learn from. One, Time Magazine, Man of the Year. Here we are together in the room, which, you know, should happen more often, man. We sitting here with the king.
0: That's a fact. It should happen more often. I agree. Word.
2: (laughs) The voice says it all. Jadakiss. What's up, guys? How you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Look at the chill. The chill he has right now because of the glow. I mean, it's just been a great year for you, but... It's just that people woke up and kind of realized what it is, what you've been doing for 20-plus years. Yes, man. So what was the moments of interaction that you guys had with each other back then? Because I didn't actually realize that you were both doing dates on different tours with each other. What was your perception of Nas?
0: Man, we used to sit in the living room, At my man Fats house, rest in peace to Fats, I remember when the halftime video came out. We called the crew, and he had the video, and we sitting in his living room watching halftime a bunch of times. Since live at the barbecue, we was on Nas and NYO. Especially us, like me, Styles, Looch, all my crew was big, heavy Nas fans. Appreciate you, bro. Me and P was just talking, we seen him. We was right about to get on. This is like when we was having meetings with Puff, D was getting us meetings in the buildings. We knew he was gonna sign in maybe another 30 to 60 days. We bumped into him and one of his man's at the palladium. This is when the CB34s came out, we all had them on. And even he or his men had them on and he came through and was like he acknowledged us. We went home. That made our day for the. We like, yo, (laughs) Nas. Everybody go home, we smoking. We had a celebration just because he stopped, like, yeah, I got the Barclays on. I see y'all. Kept it moving, but that was big for us. And then fast forward, we got to meet him and do music with him. And we were students of the game like that. Everything he would drop, we was on it. We used to sit down and write rhymes that we would want him to hear. We want Big to hear. Red man, dudes like that.
1: I remember going to Puff's office. He sat me down. He said, I want you to hear these dudes, the Warlocks. These dudes is coming. And he pressed play. I didn't know what to expect because, you know, there's a lot of R&B going on. So I didn't know what he was going to play. But that name was tough. I said, all right. He played it. And I said, oh, I remember I called somebody. I said, yo, Puff got these dudes? That's serious, dog. And I remember thinking, like, they going to have the name the Warlocks? And he was like, I'm thinking about it. We thinking about it right now. I'm like, that name mean they coming for your head. And they really was who they said they was. I got a question. Y'all put Y.O. on the map on a level. Like, I didn't put QB on the map because before me, there was other rap dudes. And Y.O. was known. But as far as hip hop, y'all just made us recognize what it was. What was some of the cause that these dudes was having out there because I know you was out trying to get your bag before the rap game and I know you had to be inspired by some of the dudes that was on the streets in Yonkers.
0: They had the box BMWs, three and a quarters. Dudes had nine eights, Acura, Integras, Mm. always. They had the Suzuki's. Then they bust with the Wranglers after the Suzuki's.
1: Was y'all getting money together back then? On the street side, we could talk about yeah, this, you Yeah, y'all. Now, this is- we
0: was young. Me and she grandmothers lived, they was neighbors on the south side of Yonkers. They was neighbors in 280 and 288 Riverdale. My grandmother and his grandmother. They happened to move simultaneously to the projects across town. My grandmother moved to the third floor. His grandmother moved to the first floor. Were
2: they friends?
0: Yeah, they was cool. Miss Jacobs and my grandmother was super tight. But... Me and my mom moved across town, and him and his mom moved to the same place. So it was like a coincidence for me and Luce to be together. Destiny. <laughs> then one of the old heads in the town, Steve Toon, he just brought me to his crib one day and like, yo, gave me the mic. He's doing the jigger jigger. And that's started Why? Because you were always track. slick. I was always like, like a slick mouth little yeah. dude. You know what I mean? I had witty phrases. I was always snapping on people and. I just turned that into putting it on the beat. And then I brought Looch up there with me one day and something just clicked in him. He loved it and he never stopped rhyming from that day. And then as the years fast forwarded, we was in high school, SP had a job at Odd Jobs. We pulled the whips up and stole all the inventory of the blank tapes. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was some real shit. I wish we were documented it. We went there right before closing and stole the shitload of the blank tapes, pressed them up. We was selling them in high school for $15. This one, we was called the Bomb Squad. This is before the Warlocks, Whoa. when it was just a bunch of us rhyming. Then once we narrowed it down to the Warlocks, now we was hustling. Some of our dudes was getting more money across town, Chestnut. We had like separate sections like Nas said. They would fund us to go to um. Halby Square Mall, we was going to the studio out there. <laughs> studio in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Then one of Mary's first cousins was in our entourage, j Bob Jamarco. So once we started going, making demos and recording, we knew once we got some material that was good enough, we had the plug to get it to Mary. We was just banking on that. So we was in d d hustling, paying for time in d d Hove happened to be in there making Reasonable Doubt at the same time Lox was making a demo. So we used to see him at the pool table, frames on, iceberg, all of that. We met Primo, we met Jazzo. He actually did a beat for our demo, me and him inside D&D. Then once we got it good enough, we made about five, six songs, passed it to J-Bop, he gave it to Mary. They happened to be on the Jodeci tour, they sat on the tour bus. Puff popped it in on the tour bus. The rest was history. We got the meeting, went down. No, so, man, so it was
2: Mary J. Blige. Yeah,
0: MJB. Pass She just like, yo, Puff wants y'all to come see him. This that. I love y'all. Go see him and make it the queen. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy.
2: Was your perception of Bianca's very different? Like, did you feel like, oh, that's the suburbs?
1: Nah, nah. If you know New York.
0: Yonkers yeah, is like is. a gumbo, though, Esco. We always had a chip on our shoulder from listening yeah. to Mr. Magic, and mm. they would shout out the five boroughs. It mm. didn't go from the Bronx, skip us, and shout out Heavy D and Pete Rock and them, Mount Vernon. Wow. And we like, yo, what about All It's right. somewhere called wow. Yonkers? So <laughs> we would always write with vengeance. Right. The one to put Y on the map, like you see, how ESCO said they had Shantae, he had yeah. Shan, he had yeah. Molly, all yeah. of them already. The bridge was already rocking, but if you listen to the music, he's the one that's all. They yeah. all said it, and yeah. all of his projects, from the artwork to the music, he's pounding you with the bridge. Yeah. And if yeah. you listen to us, maybe really it never says you from Y. You got to know that X. He says it, but we the ones that had that chip on our shoulder. Like, we want to let people know why we nice, we from Y.O., so.
2: I've never heard anybody shout out Y.O. so many
0: times we be jamming, listening to music, then they go to the break, shout out everybody, skip (laughs) over. Shout out to Mount Vernon, new Sheldon. Then they had brand new and them getting shot. Everybody's just skipping over poor little (laughs) Y.O. So we always wanted to get that out there like that.
1: Mount Vernon was known for the girls, for us. So he was like, yo, Mount Vernon got girls because Heavy D and them got all them girls in the mm-hmm. video. They was up
0: there, they was yeah. going there. The, yeah. the chicks was definitely flocking to the Vernon. Didn't
2: they have like a picnic all the time? Like they had have the Heavy
0: D cooking. They, they had the, the Heavy D. I've mm-hmm. been
1: there one time and something interesting happened to somebody over there. Yeah, well, I said, oh, it ain't all just fly girls, <laughs> it's hood. No way out tour.
2: Yeah, we were talking about tours. And the rap tours and stuff. And how you couldn't headline a tour. Without R&B. Yeah.
0: They would always want to put a, a rapper pairing with an R&B. Yep, that's it.
2: So who was on the No Way Out tour? That was um, P. Diddy and the family.
0: Usher. Wow, yeah, Usher. Usher was performing. They was jerking Usher. Usher was going when the staff was still putting the production together.
1: When I was on the tour with Keith Sweat, Usher was opening act when they were still letting people
0: in.
2: No. Dudes
0: today yeah. would never believe that.
1: That's how hard he was working. Yeah.
2: And he must have been a kid.
1: Yeah. Young dude. Yeah.
0: They had Usher on there. They had Hove and Dane, the bulletproof vests and the Yankee hats. Yeah. They had Fox Boogie on there. I came to, to with Spliff. Foxy about three dates. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boston Spliff and the Bad Boy family.
2: What a lineup. And
1: put your hands where my eyes could see was on fire.
0: Yeah. Boston Spliff was coming out matching the intensity of the whole bad boy roster with just them two and Scratch and Tall was ripping shit down. Mm-mm. Crazy.
2: Like, how did y'all come in? Y'all were like the streets.
0: The streets. Uh, Puff put that, that shit was like Barnum and Bailey the way he had the whole. <laughs> back then, it was unlimited expenses for production and all of that. So it was crazy. The set was hours long, and we was just going through all of the songs.
2: Is that when y'all were coming out in the full baseball uniforms?
0: That was at the end, the Benjamins, when we all switched to the leather baseball suits. Shout out to 5001. Yeah. But well, we was coming, that's oh. when we was having all type of shiny suits. We had the shiny suits.
2: How did you guys feel about it? Did you, We now hated in the shiny. You we hated it.
0: <laughs> we never felt comfortable one time wearing Mace loved it. 'Cause he like I'm going for the month. He had a plan what he was doing. I'm wearing this when he looked in his dressing room and seen that shit on the hanger, he <laughs> got cool. He had the, he knew what he was doing. Going for the money, guys. Don't mind me. It didn't really work like that with us. We we ain't feel right with you.
2: That were shit. grumbling like putting it on. Like it did it didn't feel shit. right.
0: You know that if you look good, you feel good. Then it was. We look good, we ain't feel.
2: good. But you didn't feel like you had any leverage.
0: Of course we didn't. Yeah. You know you knew on the roster you. We wanted to be there. So we didn't start complaining just yet.
1: And at the time, everything was about platinum. So I think we was all trying to figure out what was the look. What was that money look? Like mm-hmm. you said, Mace was going for the money. It was a shift. It was like a look that we needed, a star look. We mm-hmm. needed that look. And we was trying to find that glow for the stage that would match it because everybody's coming from the street. Lox is coming from the street. And it's like, all right, how do we make this work for arenas and all of this stuff? Everybody tried to step up and do something different, I think, mm-hmm. at one time or another.
2: You know, it's interesting, though, because, like, I, I never really asked you about making that transition, but it seemed seamless for you. You went from snorkel jackets and 40 mm-hmm. belows and fatigues and then floor-length minks.
0: Made some money. No, but he, you got to understand, certain people, when they do stuff, people gravitate to it. Like, he just said it on a new album. They trying to grab my staff yeah, and they can't. So when he come with the green certified army, dudes is going to wear that. Just like, Hove, oh, he wear button ups. The world switch the button ups. Yeah. This is one of them type of things. You got to be a certain level of a dude to do that. Or just an artist. Lauren Hill could come and do something. Missy had that power.
2: There's so many ways of seeing artists. And if they're not in mm-hmm. your face all the time, I wonder whether the game is actually rigged to make people count people out more than before. You're rewarded for being viral or for oversharing. You're rewarded for scandal. You're rewarded for looking like an ass.
0: Doing dumb shit. Yeah. I think the world and the game is so fickle right now and it's moving so fast that the versus thing is a moment where you're capturing a lot of percentage of the world's attention for that hour 40 or 30 or whatever it is even the people that go watch it the next days or next week or whatever it's like a collective moment yeah
2: which we have fewer and fewer of because now everything is on demand
1: and i think people don't want to have to work too hard at their lyrics and their bars so they Mm want to look the other way when shit is a little too serious like that
0: nah let's keep it over there Yeah. yeah you're right yeah so
1: they scared it then they have to deal with it and it is
0: I've been in studio sessions with colleagues saying I'm not trying to rap. I don't really want to rap rap.
2: What does that even mean? What are y'all doing in the studio then? They want to just no, they do wanna
0: the They want to do the song, but they want to keep it as simple as possible. No, make wow. it more of a thing of that. They are scared to get their normal. head blown <laughs> off. Yeah, I don't really They scared
1: because they're in a room with a real one.
0: Kill me to hear that, though. Yeah, it hurts. I don't really want to rap rap. Like, you rapping too much. What did you sign up for? I get it. I get it. I get it. I
2: get it.
1: Another honorable thing is the unity between you and oh, your brothers, yes. the Locks. Yes. You styles and chic, is admirable, and for you to go through what y'all going through through years, you see so many people split up because of misunderstandings, finances, women, dudes mm-hmm. in your ear, mm-hmm. jealousy, all the things that just ripped down the Eagles and ripped down Kiss and all the stars that was before we got on. So to see you guys still together. That spoke real loud on character. Mm
2: -hmm. That's
1: what we needed to see, too. The way y'all hold each other down, man. Nothing but salutes and respect for that.
0: We definitely knew that no matter what the people would think, that once you get on the stage and once we got up there, that you can't fake camaraderie. You can't fake chemistry. You can't fake the love that you really got for one another. And we always, from the first bad boy events... We made an oath and a pact that we had never let none of this stuff intertwine our brotherhood, our mothers, rest in peace to Sheik's moms. Rest in peace. Our moms know each other. Our moms mm. go out for dinner and drink wine and pray together. And we wow. about to go on family vacation, Looch family, my family, P. We real brothers. If we never made a record today and... And Styles needed 100,000 or whatever he needed. He could call me and get in. It won't be on Twitter or TMZ or, and that's just how it is.
2: Were there ever eras in your career or moments in your career where that was harder, especially when they try to start isolating one person as like, you get the solo deal and we really going to make you into this? We
0: never had that problem because if today I get some type of shit that happened to Nas and 30 million fall out the sky, (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to wire them a percentage of that with having wow. nothing. That's just how we always came up, to keep the money in the circle. That's what you should do for your bro. Can't do it all the time because the love don't be mutual. You don't be on the same accordance. And everything ain't beautiful. We, yeah, of course. we have beef. We go in the room. Iron it out, and we yeah. leave it in there, though. We make sure it's never going to touch social media. It's never going to go outside the room. But sometimes they curse me out. Sometimes we curse out shit. You got to be like that for it to be real. We always said everything any other group did, we was never going to do that. And never let no women, like Nas said, no finances, no outside entourages, no... Snakes and leeches, and yeah. you know, getting blood suckers, getting in your ear, and try to manipulate you. No executives, no none of that. And we've been doing good for twenty plus.
1: He's been doing good. Look at his chain. I mean, I love jewelry. <laughs> the chain is drippy, He's sparkly,
2: He's it's very sparkly. sparkly, and
1: it says L O X as big as you can see. Yeah, crystal clear, crystal water. On his neck. So it's just none but salutes, man.
2: Do you actually ever feel like you didn't have never being in a group like that? Right. You were in collectives and crews and he things like that. He was always the
0: transmission, you know. He was the one-man <laughs> yeah. army. A firm, formulated. He was the transmission. Bravehearts. Bravehearts. Yep. Nation. He give you a try. Dude from VA. Come on.
2: <laughs> yeah. Give you, Yo, give you a shot. Look back. Trey Definitely. Williams.
0: He gave, you, he gave you a shot.
2: But you never had, like, oh, okay, well, I can always fall back and rely on these two are going to fill in, you know, or these two are going to step up. If I'm tired, then See, this is the a group. documentary. I did, of course.
0: He's meant to be one man army. On That's what I got. That documentary is incredible. So good. Appreciate you, man. That took me back. I can move from the TV. I'm like, this is ill.
1: Man. Appreciate that. Shout out to the dudes who did that. One nine
0: and
2: uh Eric, Eric Parker. Parker,
0: yeah, man. Shout that journey is ill though. I like
2: But it's true, like some are meant to be on a solitary path sometimes. I always
1: admire that uh, the ones that got their brothers with them and stick together. You mm-hmm. know, like that's needed. And people need to see and hear what Jada just said. Cause you're gonna know, run into some situations and you can look at this man, look at Styles, look at Sheik. Them dudes, man, my favorite.
2: And always had like a grace, a friendliness that comes from confidence, when you're not threatened, when you don't feel nervous about your position, then you can actually do for others, right? Because it's not a threat to you. It's not a zero-sum game. You winning doesn't make me lose.
1: These are street dudes, too. So it's not like dudes went through some type of training, some education, some Ivy League school, some... These are street dudes where it's dog-eat-dog. Dog. And, you know, Fact. when you see solid ones out here, you got to hold on to that, you
0: know? Yeah. Ain't no iron team, but it's an iron win. One of us win, we all win. Yeah.
1: Facts.
2: So if you can get to the versus battle and what you guys really showed to the world is that there's something that we've all gotten comfortable with, which is people... Rhyming, And you see it in concerts, and you see it at award shows. You know, they're always singing over a track, a vocal track. But you called it out, and now everybody's kind of paying attention. So if you can kind of expand on what that means and what the difference is for a performer. I don't
0: want to, before I even elaborate on that, it's a time to do it. Because right. now, don't get it misconstrued. Like, if you're doing a hosting, if you somewhere, and then the setting is right, the drinks... You can rock over the words. You can rock over the words in the arena for some of the couple songs that you're doing. You're doing an old album from back then. If you pay me 250000 to go on stage and I just hit the CD, you could have stayed in the crib and listened to Spotify. You know what I mean? You're the people. You don't have to do every song with the words. I knew that was just going to be a good tactic being in the mecca of hip-hop. And then they giving these kids so much money, some of them getting spoiled. You know what I mean? You got to know the difference between a walkthrough or hosting and an actual performance with production. When people pay that ticket, you got to honor that ticket sale to this arena that's filled up with people that came here to see you perform, not play your CD.
1: And I think that's honorable because... People need to know these things. We just can't go around and not talk about these things. We
0: skipping. We jipping the people. You can put on a nice watch, a Cuban, hop out of Cullen and this, that, and then screw the whole thing of the craftsmanship of hip hop. Right. All of that trinklets and everything you got came from this element of two turntables and a mic. So let's not stray away from that.
2: Right. Let's not erase it. Let's not erase it. Of course,
0: the game's evolving. We just going on for fifty years of hip hop, but let's honor that fifty years. We sticking to the craftsmanship.
2: As a fan,
0: you don't know the I difference. Don't even, yeah, you got they done
1: manipulated so your ears. So tell
2: me, when am I supposed to?
1: I mean, how do I know the ones we grew up listening to? They ain't really have that privilege right they had to go out there and be raw and deal with the crowd and talk to them and say what they had to say and really get the people to see whether I like you or not you can't milli vanille the crowd you gotta like bro say though sometimes you might get a little tired here and you can say it at a party
2: yeah it happens if you can just take us into what your mind state is right now is it bittersweet because you're like what's the surprise about like why are y'all realizing just now the skill, the passion, the precision that I've always had?
0: It's definitely a little bittersweet. Yeah. But for me, in my mind and the zone I'm in right now is Operation Back Pay. I'm collecting all that back pay that I was deserved back then. And it's also a blessing. I'm very blessed. I'm very thankful. I'm very not taking nothing for granted. But some people was like, I'm appalled. Not the youth or the people that wasn't there for when I had my glory years in the game, but it is some people that I know for a fact they already knew that and they acting like that was new to them, so it's cool. It's cool, though.
1: We always on one level all the time, so you expect everybody else to be on the same type of vibe you on, and then mm-hmm. we see people jump out of character and, and treat you a little different or a lot different than the way they was treating you yesterday because of something you just did. But, you know... You just take it all in like it is what it is. They don't know. It's not personal. Jada is timeless. When the world's reminded how timeless it is, it's just a beautiful thing. That's not for everybody. Exactly. Everybody don't get that. So it comes with the game because you expect everybody to keep it real. But sometimes people sleep. And you be like, damn, you were sleeping on me too? Facts. Like that?
0: He yeah. summed it up. Perfectly, I know he can attest to that because he's been in that same moment. Even in the latter years of his career, all a bunch of success on the business tip, doing all that, I'm sure he's getting calls and people want to do brunches and stuff. It's part of the game.
2: Do you think that things are coming back around to where it is about battling? Because a battle is the thing that brings everybody into a moment, right? So if you come trained for that. If you already know how to do that, if you already have that tool in your bag, then are you better prepared for what's happening right now?
0: It depends because the way the shift of technology, you can divert the people's mind with the internet. You see, Styles and Jimmy had the world going crazy, shooting at each other on the internet. And then
2: that was the show before the show.
0: Yeah. But nowadays, you can do that. When I was growing up, Kumo D, LL, whatever, whoever was beefing from the stage, you had to get your rhymes and take it to the club, rock in front of the people, or even after they turned into us, you go in the stool, lay some, shoot it to the radio and get it out there. Now you can do a bunch of video clips. You can do a bunch of other things that have nothing to do with the element and the craftsmanship of hip hop and still, get inside the people's minds.
2: Are you comfortable with that part of it?
0: This is what you signed up for. You got to know what's going on. You know, we had a team geek squad that was making all of them clips and stuff. Uh-huh. You know <laughs> what I mean? We know that we needed that, but me personally, that ain't the job that I wanted to partake in. And plus we use our kids, his son, my son. You got to yeah. use your resources and get with the game or you're going to get rolled over, you know?
2: Yo, how do you use your kids? Are they, like, advising you, strategizing? Or are they helping you with the aspects of the game that you didn't grow up with?
0: I mean, you know, everybody's outside, but they really outside. We hear and know and see what's going on, but they really hands-on with it, so you got to really listen to them. Now, opposed to when I was young, going trying try to sit in a circle with my pops and them, I just had to listen and soak that up. Now, my son is coming in with premium intel, what's going on out there, <laughs> it's my job to know.
2: How old is he, and what was he saying to you?
0: He's 24. He's a fan of dipshack. And when he was growing up, Jewels and all of them dudes is more what he was seeing and hearing. So he had the balance of both. And he like trying to give me, dad, I think they are gonna play this. I think they, you know what I mean? Wow. he out that's there. Still. That's incredible. So, you know.
2: Do you get that too with your daughter? Like, does she give you the heat check?
1: Yeah, she used to tell me what was going on years ago when she was younger. Now, not too much, but she'd tell me every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And I'd ask her, yo, what do you think about this or that? And she'd be like, nah, it's cool. Nah, you looking good out there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> or, oh, no, you need to lay off of this, Dad, or lay off of that.
2: One thing that you were telling me about is how, for you, as a dad, you had older kids, and then you had younger kids. Yeah. And the difference that you were able to appreciate being a father again. My
0: oldest son was born, we was on the No Way Out tour while he was a little baby, so I wasn't able to be. I was there, but I missed some of them early.
2: But also it wasn't, your your mind state probably wasn't. my
0: mind was young, you know, but now with my younger kids, I was able to do everything, go bring them to school, pick them up, go to basketball practice. And and love it. Yeah, love it. To see the change in them. The new kids are crazy. Like... (laughs) They're amazing how smart they are and the stuff they pick up and the things they could do. They're almost like hard drives. They're incredible how their mind's working, you know what I mean.
1: We ain't got the guard all day, so
2: we got to make sure that we recognize the moment.
0: Just me being here is beautiful. I don't get to chill with neither one of y'all yeah, as much as I should. you know right, right. You know, we ain't getting no younger. We all got family members. My mom's suffering from diabetes right now. We got to eat better. We got to do better. We got to put life in our body. We got to alkaline our bodies up. It's hard, but everything at moderation, you can do it. Yeah. Real talk, Facts, baby. Real talk. Real jewels, people.
1: Jewels. Real jewels. We getting no younger, man. Yeah. It's great
2: to see you. Thanks man, for having me.
1: This is one for the books, man. Just sitting here, man. This is great. On the next episode of The Bridge, 50 Years of Hip-Hop, we talk to Alan Hughes. I remember one of the first things we did was a documentary on a crack dealer. And we were 13 when we got the camera in the house
0: ownership of it. We'd do shootouts, we'd do squibs, we'd do explosives. It was just getting insane, the level of stuff we were trying to pull off. We almost burnt the house down because of these (laughs) M80s we were doing. We were making Scarface over and over and over again. We had mounds of flour. We learned no. to make dough in your nose because we were doing snort scenes and we were remaking Rocky 3. It just took off from there.
1: From Spotify, the executive producers are Gina Delvec and Jason Rodriguez, with additional production support from Leslie Guam and Andrea Salenzi. And special thanks to Courtney Holt, Jessica Dow. And everyone at Spotify who helped the bridge come to life. For Mass Appeal, the executive producers are myself, Nas, Peter Bittenbender, Jenya Meggs. Lead producer is Medina Pawana. And associate producer is Serge Jibreja. Our writer is Gabe Alvarez. Samara Langer and Cliff Cristofaro are our editors. Thanks for listening.